I had my children on the floor. I was on my favorite blanket that my grandmother gave me on the floor like a cat. And I realized in that moment, the potential of what our bodies can really do as women. Like I could feel his head. I could do my own internals like, yeah, his head, I could feel it. I was in tears. I was just in tears and overwhelmed with gratitude. Hi, and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast, the podcast that is bringing embodied birth wisdom from women from all over the world sharing their natural birth stories. Don't forget to subscribe and download so that you can always have access to these empowering and positive natural birth stories. Hi, my name is Anna, also known as the Spiritual Midwife, and I am the Natural Birth Podcast host. I'm a midwife and a childbirth educator, and I assist women in optimizing their chances of having an empowering and natural birth experience and a nourishing and healing postpartum. I offer holistic birth preparation and postpartum online courses worldwide for the conscious mama wanting to prepare emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually for her birth and for her postpartum. And if you want to know more about me and what I do in the world, then visit me at thenaturalbirthcourse.com. If you had a natural and empowering birth experience that you would like to share with the world, then you can email me at anathespiritualmidwife at gmail.com and maybe your story will be featured on the Natural Birth Podcast. Now let's dive into today's episode. Today on the Natural Birth Podcast, we have Babalu. Babalu is a mama of two living children from New South Wales, Australia. She is a boundary-crossing artist, a decolonizing advocate, an access bars practitioner, and an organic gardener. And today, she will speak to her six pregnancies and her two full-term births to her son and daughter. Babalu was late in deciding to become a mother. Not until her 36th year did she come to the decision that she wanted to have children. A big part of that might have been the result of her early terminations and miscarriages that she experienced in her early 20s. Today, she will so graciously walk us through her story of conceiving very young terminating, miscarrying, and finally birthing her babies at 36 and 40 years old. Curious about Babalu? Find her at babalufeyeyewitness.com. Hello, Babalu, and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast. How are you today? Hi, Anna. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I'm feeling wonderful today. It's a glorious day here on country. Um, yeah, this evening we're moving into the super blood lunar eclipse in Sagittarius. So <laughs> what a better day to come together and talk about 
you know, the fullness of birth and birthing. And yeah, I feel really honored to come and share this experience with you. Thank you for asking me, Anna. Mm, my pleasure. I am so grateful that you wanted to come on the Natural Birth Podcast and share your six pregnancies, your two live births and babies living. And I'm sure that whatever is going to transpire today, whatever is going to come through both of us, it's going to serve all that listens. And before we dive into your birth stories, um, I would love for you to do acknowledgement of country for us sitting here on Bunchalong Country. Thank you, Anna. Yes. So, yes, Anna and I are sitting next to the Durrumbul River, which is known as the Brunswick River as well, um, here on Bunjalung country. And I'd like to acknowledge the old ones of this area and their presence here with us each and every day. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners that are living on country and the emerging ones that are coming through. I know that country supports me in all my actions and the ways of being. I love living on this country and I'm very grateful to share the living and growing of my children on this country. Thank you, Bunjalung, for all that you bring and receiving us here today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Babalu. And I also want to acknowledge that I have been so held by this country for six years. And actually this week I'm coming to an end of living here which is really big for me as well and i am so very grateful um, to have been so warmly welcomed on country by the people here and really by the land mm. i felt very nurtured and mm -hmm. living here so thank you thank you mother earth and uh, country for holding us through these stories that yes. we're now going to dive into yes um so with no further ado, Babalu, I'm going to hand it over to you to share with us wherever you'd like to start when it comes to your six pregnancies, carrying mm. children, birthing children, mm. where you'd like to start. Thank you, Anna. Well, it's pretty, I would say, auspicious to see where we are sitting yet as all things are perfect, of course we're sitting where we're sitting because I'm looking across to what we locally call Christmas Beach, which is the sort of the north sandy shore of the Durrumbul River at the river mouth entrance to the ocean at Brunswick Heads. And that piece of land that I'm looking at holds such sacredness to me. Um, and my story of being a mum. I pretty much spent my entire pregnancy, which was my third, fourth, preg fourth pregnancy in my life, the, the pregnancy that I carried full term, mm. 
um, my daughter Brahmani. I pretty much spent the entire pregnancy on that little piece of sand over there <laughs> and swimming in the waters there. And her name Brahmani um, came from the Brahmani kites that um, hunt down here at the coastal region and just live up in the eucalypts just up the hill a little bit. So um, I actually thought I would birth in those waters right there was my intention. Um, but I didn't. I birthed in the Mullumbimby at the time, the Mullumbimby Birthing Centre in uh, the Mullumbimby Hospital. But yeah, to be here today, sitting opposite this land is uh, is very sacred for this conversation, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, and as you mentioned, um, I, I have had quite a few pregnancies with two living children. Um, the first of my pregnancies occurred as a as a young woman of 20 years I was probably 20 years um, and at the time my menstrual cycle wasn't set as as it became later in life um, I only came to my menstrual cycle at 18 and I had one menstruation at, at 18 and then I had a couple of menstruations um, through my 19th year. So even into my 20th year, I really had no cycle. So when I fell pregnant, um, I was very naive and I hadn't had very much education at all around um, the, the, you know, being a woman and around menstruation and like sort of very, very limited, you know. So I'm 55 now, so I was at school then, you know, my schooling years were like in the 80s. Um, the 70s and 80s and um, very limited limited yeah. and coming through a Catholic you know upbringing mm. um, there was no discussion of the body um, mm. you know I mean yeah I when I had my bleed I, I didn't feel I could turn to my mother mm. to ask what to do um, I just went and you know got one of my sister's tampons and very poorly placed it in the tip of my <laughs> vaginal opening and walked around like that for a while going, well, this feels really strange. So, yeah. you know, so again, really, na I came to really naive and then came through into, you know, mm. coming into sex and things with no discourse. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Which so, is most women's stories. Truly, it? right? Still that's, today, that's I mean, it's, it's most women's story that the first time they have sex, it's just, yeah, they've heard about it, whatever, but there's no actual talk about the sacredness of no. it or love or that it should be on your turf. Truly, really. truly, yes. So, yeah, so I really came to my sexual um, beginnings through, you know, a lot of rejection, um, yeah, shame, you know, mm. <laughs> all those things, like you said, that are, a very common particular I don't know I've grown up in an Australian you know mainstream Australian culture and that definitely was what was happening at that mm. time mm. Um, trying to change that for my daughter who's 19 now but um, yeah but it's still in the culture quite often um, anyway so yeah so the first pregnancy in a cultural sense so you know I met a man who was sort of nine years older than me and fell pregnant within the first three weeks of us um, being together and um, not even sure I can't even really remember how I worked out I was pregnant I think it was because I was feeling nauseous and things mm -hmm. um, and I was living with a 
women and men who were quite also a bit older than me, you know, seven to eight years, nine years older than me. And those group of women used termination as contraception, basically. Right. So um, if they fell pregnant, you had a termination. Yeah. So I was whisked, whisked away into having a termination. Yeah, without even really thinking about there, it. There was no, yeah. I, I didn't even acknowledge that it was a, ba- a yeah. potential life, yeah. a potential baby. Mm. Um, I didn't know what it meant emotionally in connection to the man I'd fallen pregnant with. Mm. He also was of just saying, no. you, you have to have a termination, you know. So, so I was taken to a place that existed at the time in Sydney to have a termination and it was extremely traumatic. You know, you were strapped up Mm-mm. in a chair with your legs up and yeah. you experienced the termination and then, you know, you were given a minute of counselling and then that was it, you know. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so then, you know, and taken home, taken back to my house and, you know, the older friends giving me juices and things like that. So, so I hadn't equated that with potential life, yeah. you know. And then I fell pregnant very quite soon after that as well. And um, at the time, then the man and I had moved. We were living in in a very remote area, and we drove back to Sydney. And I had an actual termination in a mm. hospital. Had a little bit more counselling, but still very little. Mm. And then another quite soon after that, I had a third pregnancy, and um, but I miscarried that pregnancy. Was that, so you, did you intend to keep that? I didn't know I was pregnant. Oh. Again, I, because of my cycling, right. I didn't know. And I'd actually, um, I actually had uh, consumed a lot of um, drugs at the time. Mm. And I think that just um, yeah. kicked in. It, my feeling is that that kicked in the yeah. termination, uh, the, uh, the miscarriage. miscarriage. Yeah. yeah. But then I had a DNC. So, so my experiences had been falling pregnant not consciously um, and uh, terminating and then miscarriage. So after that I was really quite traumatized and things so I made a sort of real understanding with myself to um, not fall pregnant and to take greater care in in that and I sort of actually came to thinking that I didn't want to have children. Well you've probably connected it to so much kind of trauma truly and I think yeah, going like, into the hospital system and doing those procedures they're very invasive and, truly yeah so I'd sort of said no mm. to children mm. and um, I continued to be with that partner for a little bit longer we were together for you know about four and a half years or something and then um, we separated and I started came up here and I, I, I mean I had been living here already but um Started university here and, um, you know, met different people and just started educating myself around, um, you know, the sacred sacredness of being a woman and what that meant. And my cycle really settled in um, by the time I was sort of 24, 25, you know, I was cycling each month. and yeah. um, But I really didn't give much heed to what I sort of put those, that, those experiences somewhere else. I'd yeah. sort of put them somewhere, you know, and, and, you know, and was very full in myself and very, uh, I, I've always, um, 
you know, really had a beautiful connection to the Mother Earth and her beauty and supported by her. And, you know, I was a gardener and I was studying environmental science and the stories of the Bundjalung country and Aboriginal knowledges um, and all sorts of very beautiful and um, sacred practices. So there was a real rich richness, you know, and I was a practicing performing artist and then I entered into a relationship that, you know, went for close to 20 years. So there was very fertile ground there and a lot of friends started having babies and I started going to births, you know. So um, I became a very um, favorite doula of friends <laughs> because I think I brought just such a beautiful presence to the birth. I could really hold a nice space. And that just completely, I mean, attending my first birth, it, I, it was so, so sacred and amazing and beautiful. And I think it only hit me then what, what was mm. the fullest potential of those pregnancies that had come before. Like mm. I really wasn't till I saw the baby crowning and then her head and then birthing and I was just went, I, you know, I couldn't believe that this is this is the end point of a pregnancy, this life that, you know, in that beautiful space of life and death, dancing there, you know, that 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 mystery of it could go either way, but hopefully it comes to the fullest, you know. But really accepting that, wow, this space. So I did become rather. Um, I really I really liked it. <laughs> I really liked that space. So I attended quite a few births mm. over the the next years. And I just, yeah, I loved it. I loved the dance of the um, pregnancy with my girlfriends and um, then attending the births. And, of course, there were some deaths. Uh, you know, there were some stillborns. There was miscarriages. Um, mm. There was deaths a few weeks after um, babies were born. Mm. It was the full field, of course, mm. you know, um, which is life, yes. <laughs> which is this sacred life and death is, mm. you know, we sign up for both, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, um, and in that, yeah, I, yeah, I learned so much, you know, so much about myself as a being and then so much about the greater human condition. It was a very, very fertile time. And, you know, of course, my girlfriends, I was... Uh, you know, a few years older than them and, and then quite a few years older than some of them. And they're like, Baba, when are you going to have babies? When are you going to have babies? And I was like, I'm not having babies, you know. I was like I was an environmental activist at the time as well and, you know, I was a performer and, you know, you know, stayed up very late doing shows and I was like, no, babies don't fit into my life. We were very involved in the psych trance music scene, forest mm. parties and, you know, I was having a pretty wonderful time without thinking about having children, but um, but all my friends around me were, you know, coming on to their second children and things like that. So Warwick and I were sort of like, um, we were making CDs instead of making babies, you know, <laughs> going on tours to Europe and around um, the around Australia in different parts. And yeah, but these little beings were tickling. They were tickling behind my ear, as I'm sure the listeners, some of them have experienced. I mean, when there's someone, and you yourself were saying, you know, when they're there and they're tickle, 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 and you're like, yeah, yeah, tickle, tickle, tickle. And it, and it was interesting because it never felt like the babies that 
or the potential beings that were coming had wanted to come through before that it felt like something different and new and I think because I was different and new and possibly could hold that space in a different way mm. yeah so um yeah so uh as life would have it um I ended up journeying to in to Italy with uh the man that I had had those pregnancies with, the earlier three pregnancies. And we had never, and we, we, we're lifelong friends. We're, we're dear friends up until this day, you mm. know. So, um, and I'd never, we had never discussed, not once did we discuss what that was and how that had gone down and what that meant to us and things. But in hindsight, I look back and I think it was a big part of why the relationship also mm. ended because, um, you know, we'd had all that, all that, that life experience together, mm. and we hadn't talked about it, but it was there. Mm. So I can imagine I would have been quite like scared of falling pregnant again, and he probably would have been quite scared of yeah. me falling pregnant again and things. So I, I remember we sort of became less and less and less sexual. Yeah. 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 So anyway, he invited me to travel with him to Italy to meet his um, family. Uh, over there because he had since um, he had been an, an adoptee and um, in Australia but he had then found that his family and it was mostly in Italy so he'd been a few times and so he invited me he wanted me to meet his nonna and things so I went along um, and of course Italy I don't know <laughs> I had not been there but the women especially just were like you know I was probably mm, like 35 at the time and they were like, where's your babies? Where, why, how, how are you here? Where are your babies? You leave your babies at home? Where are you? Is, it, is, is this your wife? Is this your wife? <laughs> and I was like, what the? And, and it just went on and on wherever we went. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I being told here? Like, is it time? And I knew I wasn't going to go have babies with this man because <laughs> we went intimately together. And... Um, but I did have my partner of nine years at the time. Who, we were having a quite a difficult time in our relationship and that's why I went away just to have some space. But um, we had talked about having children together. So, so something seed, I don't know. When, <laughs> and, you know, and all the food and everything. So, you know, I was putting on weight and going, am I getting ready to build something? <laughs> it was very funny. And I came back and... It, it, they had, those mamas had seeded something for sure. They had planted some seeds because <laughs> then I, we talked, I talked with my partner at the time and we just, yeah, something shifted in me. I went, yeah, I really would like to have a child. Mm. And, uh, you know, blessed be, I was able to because, again, it wasn't until time later that I had... A close friends who were also of more mature years, you know, because I was 35 then and I had other friends of those years. Um, and then younger friends, I didn't, it had never come into my thinking about people who wanted to have babies and then couldn't and who had tried many times. Or So, so I only had my lived experience at that time. Mm. I mean, I'd had the friends who'd lost babies in birth and pregnancy and things like that, but it was a new thing of going, oh, I'd like to have a baby. Yeah. And and because of my pregnancies, thought, well, that would just happen. Mm -hmm. And then meeting people to know that that 
women to know that that mm. wasn't the case. Yeah. So that was another massive learning, Anna, yeah. and a massive acceptance of, oh, right, so this may happen or may not happen. Yeah. Um, fortunately for me, and I feel incredibly blessed, it did happen, you know, so we um, did a little, we, we went back to the sacred grounds of where I had been living for those first three pregnancies and um, we did ceremony there and, you know, Brahmani was conceived, came in the next day when we made love and she came through and, yeah, that was beautiful. And the pregnancy, yeah, the, so the pregnancy I spent here at this place here at the river and it, I had a beautiful amazing pregnancy you know just I was I had the space I, I wasn't working mm. I stopped performing I did my last performance when I was um about six months pregnant it was the night of um the fire uh, the the 9-11 incident oh. in the world Gosh. so we were performing and in Byron Bay and suddenly the bar put on all the TVs that were there at that time there were still TVs and um we stopped the gig and we were all watching and then we left and my partner and I, we sat up all night watching as I'm sure most of the world mm. did at that time. And I was quite pregnant going, what, you know, there was that thing of what am, what's this baby coming into? Because I mean, it felt like we could, we were going into war wherever mm. something huge was happening. Mm. You know, since then, you know, there's been a lot of dissemination of that information and looking at it from different perspectives. But on that night, it seemed like, oh my gosh, and it was frightening, you know, and, and it was, I think, one of the first times I had that thing of being the mother, mm. you know, the protective, like, oh my gosh, mm. like, you know. Mm. Mother instinct. Yeah, thing, like yeah. I have a baby inside of me and this is happening, mm. and even though I wasn't, in, I wasn't directly threatened in that moment, but I remember yeah. just that thing of like, this isn't just about me now. Yeah. This is also about this being. So, so in my capacity then to really embody being pregnant had mm. developed a lot more than my earlier pregnancies where I hadn't even looked at it as being a being yeah. of human form or anything. So, so there's a lot of growth in those years. There's a little brush turkey here. <laughs> Hello. And... Um, yeah, but my pregnancy was very beautiful. So lots of swimming and walking and yoga and eating beautiful organic foods that I grew in my garden and, um, yeah, very nice. So I would come down here most days, <laughs> nearly every day, swim, walk. And so I thought I was going to birth here. I really did. Um, I'd wanted to have a home birth, but my partner was very scared. Um, uh, and... Maybe he knew something that I didn't <laughs> because, uh, you know, when I did birth, I was in the right place to birth. Um, but I, I thought I was going to have the birth here. So as the day approached, like I was in labor for sort of mooching around for about two days. And Can we just turn back to, so how many weeks were you when you started feeling like you were niggling or mooching uh, as you call it? <laughs> I was full term... Forty-one weeks, I think, mm. if I remember. It's a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm, I, I was definitely full t full term. Forty weeks is considered full term, is no, it? No, full term is thirty-seven weeks to forty-two weeks. Oh, so, yes. oh, okay. Yeah, I love so. that you have those facts. 
Well, so, that's one of the perks of being a midwife. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was 41 weeks, Anna. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Which is really normal, actually. Mm. Most first-time mamas, first time? statistically, will have a baby at 40 plus 10, which yes. is 41 plus, oh, what is that, 3? Yeah. Yes. So there was no, yeah, the, I definitely hadn't been given the, um, you know, your overdue or anything like that. Mm. I don't well, remember. You were in Mullumbimby. You were going yeah. with a doctor who is quite famous in this area. He doesn't practice anymore because he's, you know, old. But, um, yeah, he was the grandfather yeah, of Honda. So yeah. So, I mean, he was very super different. chilled. Yeah, very yeah. different approach. And back then as well, it's not like it is now where, um, there's much more fear around going past 41 weeks and so mm, on. Mm. You know, it's, it was still normal to go to 42 weeks. And then after that, you would potentially talk about induction or something mm, like that. So mm, mm. times have changed. Yes. I, I look, I, f- I feel that, you know, we, it was great. And it, he, he stopped practicing pretty soon after that as well. So I was really happy to be with David because um, mm. he was, he was, lovely and gave me a lot of specialists. I did need a, a, like a lot of guidance from him um, through the pregnancy because as much as I had a great pregnancy, I'm saying I had a great pregnancy, but I did have um, real struggles with anemia. Mm. Um, I'd struggled with anemia through my whole sort of menstruating years. Um, so in, in pregnancy, and I had been vegetarian for many, 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 many years. So um, I actually came to eating red meat, uh, buffalo meat, actually, during my pregnancy, which I ravenously took to like a hungry little dog. Mm, um, because your body was like, yeah, just, yeah, need this. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, yep, we did a lot of buffalo it's interesting. Um, pasta. We things. talked about that. Buffalo meat. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you said it's organic butcher. Yeah, in Byron buffalo. at the time. It yeah, was, amazing. Because it was buffaloes. I, it, my understanding was that it was very high in iron mm. and it was very lean as well. So. The same with kangaroo. Very I tried good. kangaroo. Oh, yeah. my gosh. That had me hopping around there. <laughs> Seriously, that that I couldn't sleep on that stuff. Yeah, right. Oh, the energy of that. I don't know yeah. what it was, but I remember just being awake, just going, kangaroo's not for me. No. No, no, no. And lamb. lamb. Yeah, I didn't really like lamb. But the buffalo, buffalo was good. Mm. So, But I still, even in eating the red meats and doing a lot of supplementation, mm. my levels just, I don't think they ever got like above seven or something. Yeah. Like it was so low. Well, it's hard to kind of start. And this is a really good point for anyone listening. You know, yes. if you're anemic and, or, you know, you naturally have low iron, you might not be pregnant yet. You're just trying to conceive, you want to conceive. Up it already before oh. because it's hard when you get so much more blood volume on board and you naturally lose, you know, you go down in, in levels naturally. Oh, really? anyways, yeah. Yes. And so, um, you know, it's something to think about preconception wise and Definitely, preferably Anna. years before. Really, like, really. optimize your body if you want to do a conscious conception. Really, I really a hoe to that, you know, because mm. yeah, it became, it became, um, yeah, like a really big factor then in my actual birthing. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, so when I was in labor or the labor had started, yeah, so I came down here and was swimming here and, you know, it was, um, I'd been just, yeah, walking around the neighborhood for the couple of days and came down here and was swimming and, you know, I fully intended to just stay here. <laughs> <laughs> I was like on all fours just over there and as the as the swell sort of sweeping along you know I was just 
fully dancing you know through the contractions and things and just going yeah yeah baby we're just gonna hit me here and um I totally believed it you know I mean I totally was open to the baby just like coming out during one of those little waves you know so that was beautiful because I have total faith in the mother and I had total faith like I was just had total faith and trust in all the women who had ever birthed before me or my lineage of women who had ever birthed before me I just felt completely wrapped and held in them I had total faith in you know the energy of the tides and the cosmos you know I just I just knew that I was part of the part of life and this life knew exactly how to bring life and take life and be so um yeah so I was ready and the river was probably ready and the baby felt ready and um, but my partner was like come on we gotta go <laughs> so, so that was a little tricky you know but you know that's your birthing partner so yeah. uh, you know for me it was my actual partner but yeah. it can be another person as well and yeah. and it's great to maybe have that little bit more logic at the time because you can be pretty tripped out when those hormones are pumping through and it's all getting excited and you know you can you know probably maybe not make (laughs) some great decisions sometimes so anyway we yeah we left here and um and went home and then started um to prepare to go into the birthing unit and I rang a girlfriend and I was like, I was tripping out because the veins in my hands <laughs> were so engorged. And I was just like, whoa, look at this. This is fantastic. And, and she was on the phone and she went, Baba, I think you're like getting a little closer to um, needing to go to the birth center. <laughs> you might want to start like making your way there. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and again, I think it was, I just wanted to be at home. I want to be in the river. You know, I. I haven't ever really been in hospitals much and things like that. Um, so it wasn't so – I didn't really want to race to the hospital. It's not really my default, you know. I'll go to all the alternative therapies first <laughs> before. But there is place for – there's definitely a place for, for the medical, you know, profession, definitely. So um, I'm grateful for that. So, yeah, so we made our way there. It's only a short drive, but we had to stop a few times because the – you know, I just wanted to hop out of the car during the contractions and breathe and do a little dance and things. And, yeah, we got there and, um, you know, laboured through the night nicely, slowly. Um, but in hindsight, again, what I've learned from that is that – so, and I had a very dear friend there with me um, and we had various midwives coming in. Um, and I was drinking lots of fluids and um, – you know, and I was sweating a little bit and things like that, but I wasn't peeing. Mm. And um, I wasn't super conscious that I wasn't peeing. Mm. Um, and for everyone listening, you know, because I'd love to talk to this, if you don't pee during labor, if you go for hours and hours, but you're drinking a lot, so you're gathering this big bladder, you know, a woman can hold a lot, like a liter or even mm-hmm. more, more than that, actually. It can be lots of water, lots of urine that can prolong your labor yeah absolutely so i always encourage mamas to go at least every two hours to the toilet because it can make you have a longer labor because it competes with the space for the head to descend right wow yeah and what it also can do is that it can actually make you have a bleed after birth because the because the 
womb can't contract again because there's so much room in there being held open in the womb space because of the big bladder. Wow. Do you want a natural birth, Mama? Then a natural birth course might be for you. Do you see birth as a rite of passage and an important and transformational event that you'd like to feel fully empowered in meeting? Are you, like many other women, realizing that it is time to take back your power as a birthing woman in the birth space and birth your baby your way? Would you like to feel calm and confident as you birth your baby with all the tools you need in order to meet the labor sensations naturally and be ready body, mind and soul? Do you deeply down know that your body was made to birth your baby and that you have all the inherent power and inner wisdom to do so? Are you looking for holistic midwifery wisdom and guidance to assist you and give you all the evidence-based information you need in order to feel fully sovereign in your decision-making around your pregnancy and upcoming birth? Then the Natural Birth Course is for you. Find out more at thenaturalbirthcourse.com. So you weren't you were drinking and drinking and mm. you did have a quite a long labor as well. I did because I'd been going for a couple of days as well, even though it was not hectic, but yeah. it's still a little exhausting and I probably hadn't been eating large amounts or sleeping a lot with excitement. I mean I was so excited. So, yeah. You know. <laughs> and that's the I was thing. So excited about you know, especially as a first time mum. Yeah. You know, you try some media and say like, Oh, that's so exciting, you started to niggle, you know. Yeah. Just try to ignore it, yeah. try to rest, yeah. try to just Whatever. But no, I definitely most, think I did too much exercise. Yes, yeah. most mamas will attest to that, especially if you've had a, you know, that kind of two-day marathon, yes. which obviously the first kind of 24 hours is probably not that intense, but it still kind of maybe keeps you up. Oh, or and you're you so sleep, aware. And you're yeah. excited. And you're excited and you're going over yes. your birth plan and you're gathering the <laughs> bags. and Love it. And, my the... oh gosh, you, you know, you can say whatever, but no one will actually take that advice and do it you know? yeah no it's crazy <laughs> my, my husband decided to dismantle something in the car you know so um before <laughs> at the last moment you know and then we end up having to get the nrma guy there because and oh. and the nrma guy you know when we were meant to be soon going to the hospital and and then our mate guys said to me, what, what were you thinking? And, and I think he was just expressing his excitement as well. Yes. It's just like, oh, I might change the carburetor or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, great. You know, so it's that energy, the energy stirring for sure, yeah. you know. So, yeah, but so, yeah, getting back to the pee. So, yes, a lot of drinking. <laughs> My friend had made tea, some lovely herbal tea and things, which I was drinking a lot of. Mm. Um, I did not pee. And... No one mentioned to me that I should pee. I don't know if it was because I was, you know, I was 36 years old. I don't know if they figured I should know when to pee and when not to pee. Or I don't know. Um, know No, I didn't know stuff, you know. And, you know, as much as I know some stuff, some stuff I didn't, I don't know still, you know, and that's life, you know. Um, So, yeah, anyway, so 
I had, I birthed Brahmani and it, 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 it went well. I didn't like experience like, um, like really strong contractions to, to push her. So the things, bearing. Like the bearing. I never kind of, really, yeah. yeah. Which when I look back, you know, and hear other birth stories, it feels, sounds so intense and like the big power. And I'm just like, I really didn't experience that. And that's, you know, for some women, that's normal. They're, that's yeah, normal. Yeah, that must and be. Yeah, because we're all different. Yeah, and, yeah. And um, so just dial back a bit. You were laboring during the night. When did you start, though, having that, even though it wasn't very strong, mm, but when mm. did you start feeling, okay, so now here's the baby, you know, descending, here's mm, me birthing. Mm. Not till, so she, Brahmani was born at 6.26 a.m. Mm. So um, it wouldn't, it wouldn't yeah. have been till, you know, the the early hours of the morning yeah. sort of thing, you know, probably mm. 4, 5 p.m. or something yeah. like that. Mm. Or even, yeah, yeah. Because I remember I had a long, um, is it, what, is it the transition time uh, where you sort of, where it goes be, What's that called? You know, for me, I could rest very nicely. Oh, okay. So at one point during labor, when you've gone through the active phase for a long time and you, well, a long time depends on the woman, obviously, how yeah. long that is. But, yeah. you know, you come towards the end, there can be this natural pause. Yes. So you have the first stage, which yes. is the stage where you're opening, your cervix is dilating and yes. facing, it's thinning out and all of that. And when you're fully open, say, Oh, you know, we're coming close to being fully open because that's usually what we call, call transition. You can have transition time when uh, you're like seven, eight, nine ah. centimeters. It's more than maybe either a person vomits, uh, like the physical kind of release ah. of, of having that, you know, feeling happening. You're opening so wide or you can have this emotional, spiritual crisis come over you where you go like, I can't do this. It's too ah. intense. Everything feels too intense. That's usually what signifies like what is a transition time. That for somebody can be an hour, two hours. Yeah. That for somebody can be 10 minutes, ah. right? So that's very different. And then what you're talking about is actually coming into the latent second stage which is you're probably fully open mm. and then your body has a, has a break it had a li lovely long can, break actually have, yeah and it can have a <laughs> just cuddling one. up to yeah. this beanbag and just sort of having a break for yeah. some women that can be a few minutes for mm. some that can be half mm. an hour mm. Mm. an hour yeah you know it can be yeah, very different for every woman mm. and you know especially in hospitals you're probably not so much encouraged to stay in that uh, uh, the medical professionals probably go yeah. like, oh, let's ticker this along. Why are you stopping? Uh, uh, if you're in your home or you're with independent midwife, they might go, you know, that's okay. You just have mm, a rest now because mm, your body, mm. especially you, for example, because you had this very long first mm. labor, which is normal for mm. a lot of women to mm. have, a mm. one day, two day, yeah. sometimes longer, obviously not fully active, but no, still yeah, niggling and you're yeah. in pre-labor. And you probably needed that long rest. Yeah, it was nice. Mm. And I was le I, actually, you know, in the birthing unit, they were, they were great, you know, the mm. midwives were great and I, I was able to rest then, um, but still no pee, so that was, <laughs> right. so then, yeah, then things did pick up, a, a, like I, you know, I don't remember it super clearly, but, you know, it, it picked up and then um, there was a sort of an examination or something that, indicated that Brahmani, you know, wasn't in like, you know, big distress, but there was some meconium show or something like that. Right. And because I wasn't getting, um, you know, the sort of stronger contraction, mm. pushing 
bearing down contractions and I was probably pretty fatigued also because yes. of my super low iron super as well. Low iron, yeah. um, they suggest David suggested, you know, he said quite clearly, Bobby, you, you need to just, um, we need to get the baby out. You know, you need to get the baby out now. And you sort of, so push through. I was encouraged to push through whatever, mm. whatever power was there sort of mm. thing. And, and so I did, and that didn't, that only took a couple of times sort of thing. And she, um, you know, and I was supported by my husband from, he was behind me and I was sort of squatting down and, you know, and that, that, yeah, she came and um and you know that was incredible um did you get her up to your chest was she having a bit of a cry uh, I, look I can't remember so well I think she did I mean I remember like seeing her and going oh my god she's got a vagina it's a vagina it's a vagina it's a vagina you know yeah but not that I mean now you know of course dialoguing around that I probably wouldn't be so um you know gender specific or anything like that <laughs> but um but it was it surprised me you know mm. I loved it mm. and I was saying it's vagina it's vagina but um uh anyway yeah and it was beautiful and yeah and I love I mean I love birth I love it it's <laughs> an incredible portal to you know infinity and beyond it's just I love it so much I loved the whole experience and um but yeah it became quite evident quickly that um that uh I needed some help yeah because I had so what eventuated them is that I had a postpartum bleed Mm. so um Brahmini I was placed up on the so yeah the bleed didn't happen straight away like in that exact mm. moment of birth. Yeah. So then I got up on the bed, on a bed that was there, and she was with me. And then um, I th- the, ble- the bleed began. Yeah, you started bleeding, yeah. And I started bleeding incredibly a lot. And um, the Brahmani was given to my husband and... Um, yeah, sort of the medical staff really became alert and on and um, acted very quickly. And I'd wanted to have a lotus birth, so I'd had my little bags packed of, it was in my birth plan. <laughs> and I had the little, you know, bag to put the placenta in. To that, The lotus birth is where the placenta stays with the baby. So um, the umbilical cord isn't cut and you wrap, you wrap the... Um, I'm not sure of where the tradition's from, actually. I probably knew back then, but I forget now. And um, the, lo- the placenta is wrapped and everything, and, and I had a special little bag for it, and it stays with the baby until it naturally comes away from the baby's um, belly button. Yeah. So that was my intention. I'd had some friends do that. I thought it was really nice, and um, it was on my birth plan. But um, then David um, said, Bubba, we're going to need to cut your cord. Um, invited Warwick to cut it. And I was like, but I, I'm going to have a lotus. And he went, no, 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 you're, you know, you're hemorrhaging. Mm. And I was like, whoa. You know, I was aware I was bleeding, but I wasn't aware I was hemorrhaging. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so he cut, Warwick cut the cord and um, had Brahmani there. And um, they catheted my... Um, you bladder yeah through your urethra yes yes and um because they 
it's a they must part. have known, have yeah, they? Yeah, so it's a they? part of the management. So uh-huh. if a woman bleeds, that's a part of the management because that could be one of the reasons Mm-mm. that the bladder is very full Mm-mm. and it's causing the bleeding. Because 70% of the time why a woman bleeds is because the uterus, the womb, is tired Mm-mm. and it can't contract for some reason. Uh, it can be that it is exhausted. You did have a long labor, so that could be a part Mm-mm. of it. Mm-mm. You uh, One other reason can be being anemic, anemic. which you were. Yeah. Um, that is why it's super, super duper important yeah. if you are anemic in pregnancy oh, to not dismiss that. Definitely. But really, you know, maybe even having an iron infusion or something in pregnancy yeah. um, because it is, a, it is a cause of bleeding postpartum. And then another cause can be that you have a full bladder, which yes. you had. So you had all three of them. Yes, yes. Mm. And, in you know, looking back in the lessons I've learned is um, the, you know, really, yeah, really... Uh, taking into consideration the things that you you yourself can minimize the risks in doing not not you know really like I yeah I probably could have done a little more research about those things and you know and how how bizarro that the body hemorrhages when it's got no iron like you know you would think oh the body my thought was like (laughs) oh the body wouldn't do that because why would it want to do that but it does yes um because you have less clotting factors truly truly Mm. so yeah so the hemorrhage was very severe like Mm. it was liters of blood Mm. and um and the urine was a lot a liter Mm. more i don't know the exact but it was like a full one of the the bag the plasticky bag like right. it was so much oh my gosh that's probably more than one liter that's probably a few liters yeah yep. so uh they were like yeah you know the doctor's and nurse was like well okay well <laughs> and at the same time i could feel myself going slipping i was slipping away and um i had had a history of near-death experiences so i knew that feeling quite mm. well and it was a little bit of a default for me yeah. in um, in sort of life-death situations that uh, it is sort of a place where my soul, spirit, consciousness decides to wander off to, mm. <laughs> or decided to wander off to. So, um, so they and the sister that was beside me was, tr- you know, trying you know allocate the pulse and things like that and she started saying this i can't find a pulse um there's no you know pulse and things and my husband had the baby and he was holding the baby in my face sort of going don't do this mother don't stay with us stay you know your baby's here your baby's here don't go you know and i was just sort of going yeah without like you know, obviously going down the rabbit hole of all those stories but just for our listeners so baba has a history of having had three before this fourth one, three near-death experiences. So there was a history there that most likely wasn't fully closed. There was, that connection for you was quite simple. There was a, there was, oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah, oh, there's a light. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to speak a bit to mm. that experience just that time mm. at birth? Yeah, it definitely was something that I do know. Um, and I knew that it was, it was, a possibility and that it's not a scary possibility um in my previous experiences um yeah where i where i ended up or where you where i i don't know it's a bit hard to articulate through human language our language my language but you know it's for me it was a very light 
very warm, very welcoming place. Yeah. Um, no fear, no just total acceptance that this is this is source, you know. This yeah. is um and and all is well. <laughs> and your partner knew so, that, so he was like, yeah. Don't go there, yeah. Baba. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm going, Oh, the baby's out great. I'll just I'm going <laughs> holiday over here in the new life, you know, or not. But there was, but there's also, so for me, because I sort of hopscotched between that place and this place a couple of times, it, um, yeah, it's a little bit of a playing thing, you know. So I, I, I don't remember, like in past times, I've, I've, I had consciously chosen to come back in my body, especially the first time it happened after a very serious car accident at the age of 16. And I actually, said I'm going back you know yeah. and I was I went came back and I survived and I was very lucky and the other times wasn't such a conscious choice but this time yeah I don't quite remember it being a conscious choice but you know there was the pull I mean mm. I, I've just birthed my first baby you know yeah. and my husband's there and life's there and her life's there so but I think more my body was able to respond to the help that, that mm. the medical practitioners were giving me. So once the urine was out and then they, Anna was explaining to me earlier that I, I remember getting jabbed in the legs. That the was legs, the Sintocinone so and probably other stronger medications mm. as well, like mm, mm, ergometrin mm. and some other stuff that they probably gave you. So the, yeah, so that they were able to get the hemorrhaging under control and my body responded and um, that, and mm. I came back and came to and um yeah um was you know i was severely depleted but um yeah so yeah and it was beautiful you know to be with my little bubba and soon after that i was you know trans because there was speaking of having transfusions and i really didn't want a transfusion um at the time Again, it was sort of, uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't know if it was my own strong beliefs or whether it was like a, you know, cultural conditioning that I'd picked up or beliefs I'd picked up, but I did not want a transfusion. A um, blood transfusion. A blood transfusion, mm. yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and I was given iron shots straight away, mm. which in hindsight, again, um, I, I would have really taken, with my following pregnancies, I had, you know, before, before, before pregnancies, <laughs> before I was pregnant and then during pregnancies right. and after, but after the hemorrhage, I had to have a lot of, so I didn't have an iron transfusion. Um, I was transported to Lismore Base Hospital and kept there for observation and then brought back to the birthing center and, um, the next morning and, um, Stayed there for five days, which mm. was in very nourishing. The midwives were gorgeous, and mm. my friends were able to bring me incredible food and um, and just I could just rest, you know, with my bubba. And again, like it was like, oh, I'm not home and things like that. So just surrendering to what was, mm. you know. But there I was, I was being cared for, fed. Um, all her nappies and things were being <laughs> washed and clean and I was being washed and clean and you know I was so so depleted that it was the best place for me to be yeah. um when it was time to come home we came I came straight down here like five six days later and you know brought baby baby to here and um you know and then started life at home and then it was tough you know yeah. because I was 
You're so knocked anemic. around. Yeah, yeah which tough. is such a great lesson for you. And I know yeah. that you took that lesson for your next pregnancy that it's the whole thing about being anemic is a big no-no. Like, you know, it's really important. Really, to, I, to I really yourself. didn't know mm. how important it was. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, because I stayed in that depletion for about seven years, really, mm. and through another two pregnancies. So mm. I fell pregnant um, about two years after that pregnancy um that wasn't a conscious conception even though we've been talking about it but we didn't like okay you know let's really call this in i think brownie more called her in his little spirit she named it gogazeza and um because we'd go out in the night each night and she'd put little things from the stars in it in a pocket in front of the moon and little spirit and i was like you calling in the spirits bro you know and i think she called in a little little she called it a little girl and um anyway but uh i and i was doing a lot to um yeah build myself up at that time so i'd been having the iron infusions um i had probably was still eating meat a little bit not that much i i do prefer a non-meat diet i'm more plant-based i am a plant-based diet person but um yeah so so yeah but i was doing a lot of shigun um, which I loved. Mm. I loved it a lot. And I was probably about eight weeks pregnant and I was going to classes quite a few times a week. And I, I felt pretty good. Like I, there was still depletion and things. Um, I, my bleed had come back. So, you know, um, at some time, it took quite a long time after the first pregnancy for my cycle to come back. And I was able to breastfeed Brahmani through everything as well. So that was great. Mm. My milk, you know, fully came through good. and That's so good too because that's something that can happen. Right. Both if you're anemic but also if you have a really big bleed, yes. it can affect your milk supply. Yes. So again, ladies listening, like it's really important with the iron. But you were lucky that I, you did yes. have a good milk supply. A great milk mm. supply. Plenty milk supply. <laughs> Because milk is made out of blood. Yes, it it is the blood. Yes, it feels that you yeah. feel like you're. Yeah. You know, it's like when you're mm. making the baby, it's the blood, the life. You mm. know, the life of life spirit is spirit. blood. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so so I was doing the shigong because it really. Um, I was doing yoga as well and swimming and you know and I have I had a very clean lifestyle you know so mm. I don't didn't take any drugs and alcohol or anything like that mm-hmm. it's really important to me I still don't I, mm. you know I really love you know the blessing of prana like it's incredible and you know here where we live we're, we're mm. so blessed to have access to incredible organic food mm. and I'm a gardener so I have live food and so mm. I was really taking care um so when I, the pregnancy came, I, I, I felt quite confident that it was going to be okay. Um, but there, there was this little thing of, am I really up for it? You know, just there somewhere. Yeah, still um, a bit of maybe fear. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I hadn't told anyone that I was pregnant, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, definitely is your own personal choice. Mm-hmm. You know, some people get really excited and tell people as soon as they miss a period and things and then some people keep it that knowledge for a while and I think it can depend on your past history as Mm -hmm. well if you've miscarried or um, had trouble conceiving and things and I honor all those choices of Mm. 
we make, you yeah. know, it really is a personal thing. And, you know, families and things can get upset and go, why didn't you tell us? Or, mm. But it really is you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you and your body and that little mm. soul, you know. Totally. And, um, yeah, so, but again, in hindsight, I didn't tell my Qigong um, master teacher that I was pregnant. And um, I went to a class on a Saturday morning and I was feeling really quite good. And it was a, basically we do this practice where you're shaking, you're shaking for two hours. You're shaking down, shaking, 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 shaking. Yeah. And um, I got home from that practice and I, it was a practice that I had enjoyed before. And um, I got home and I was home for a couple of hours and I started to spot blood and that night I miscarried and at the time I didn't really put the two things together um, and that miscarriage you know it was yeah it was you know it was you know it was sad but it was also I mean it was sad at the time that it was happening but then later it, it actually was quite a relief that I wasn't pregnant you know mm. because I don't think my body was ready um, yeah. And emotionally, I wasn't ready. I really wasn't and things. But when I spoke to my teacher, because then I wasn't at class for a couple of weeks and things, and mm. she, she contacted me and went, where are you? Because I was very regular mm. at class. And I said, oh, I had miscarriage. And she went, I, did, I was not aware you were pregnant. Mm. And, um, and I said, yeah, I was. And I told her what had happened. And she said, Babalu, you really should have spoken to me mm. that you were pregnant. Because she said, you would, I would not have allowed you to do that practice. She said that it's a bearing down practice. It's a bit, you know, it's like oh. sending everything down. Oh, no. So, and she said, definitely in, and she's like, she's a master Qigong mm -hmm. practitioner. And she said it holds potential for yeah. causing the, the, um, fetus to come away. Right. You know? yeah. And I was like, whoa, you know, but, and I didn't like, I didn't take it on as, oh my God, what yeah. did I do? I just accepted yeah. what is. That had happened and I accepted it in the big mysteries of life of yeah. perfect, you yeah. know, how it is to be and learn a big lesson about speaking to mm. if you're doing exercises, if you're doing anything. Totally. Maybe speak to, well, I, I would speak to the teachers, the practitioners, the practitioners totally. just to let, you know, so maybe you don't want to let all your friends and family know, but if. If you're if going something, to some, yeah, if you're going to a practitioner or a teacher, and let them know for sure. So yeah. that was another really big lesson. Mm. Um, but I also feel like it also was life stepping in and just going, Bobby, you're not ready. You're not yeah. quite ready, you know. And when I look now, like even that, I look at my two teens now. I'm like, Whew, glad I haven't got one in the middle. <laughs> you know? And I always send out a little thing to go because he's going, "How are you going, girl?" <laughs> so glad yeah. I don't have to drive you to dance. You know, <laughs> it's like because I think for me, mm. it was like three and having them all, like I was, you know, because I was um, 39 by then, so a little bit older again, yeah. and or 38, 20, 30, yeah. So. A little stretched, you know. I had still great energy. I'm a fit, healthy mm. woman. Here I am, 55. Feel amazing, you know. Yeah. Um, still feel like a kid, you know. But um, it physically, emotionally, and in my marriage, there was a lot of tension there. So, mm. yeah, I always go, good choice, Kogaziza, <laughs> you know. So, 
you know, I think we can just love spirit in mm. all its forms when they come through and, and when they don't. And when they don't, yeah. yeah. And if they just visit for a little while and don't, yeah. you know. And then, yeah, and then I had a sixth pregnancy with Aquila, my son, who's now 15, and um, that was a conscious uh, conception conception and um but a different a conscious conception but a very difficult pregnancy emotionally mm. it was like um the marriage had gone in a very difficult place and um i pretty much spent the pregnancy under my doona really mm. um in a very dark place mm. um um I, you know, it wasn't like I had morning sickness, but I had heart sickness. Yeah. <laughs> I was really sad. Mm. And, um, you know, Brahmani, she was only a little girl and she, you know, she was with me a lot, you know, all the time and things. So, you know, I tried my best to sort of, and we'd come here, we'd still come here all the time down to the river. That was my solace. And, um, yeah, but interestingly, my son, who journeyed with me to that place he he's so tuned in to me he i can you know have a flicker of an eye and he'll just go are you right mom mm-hmm. you know he he's he knows me he knows my depth mm-hmm. the depths you know and he knows my joy as well but he did know you know it's um yeah so how our two souls were connected <laughs> whether we've journeyed before like that i don't it was it's special, you know, and it's special to have someone that's really got you back like that, like yeah. that really knows you that well. Yeah, you so. have a beautiful connection with your son. Yeah, yeah. Fifteen-year-old that says I love you to his mom. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> it is. It's really nice. Yeah. It's really nice. And with my daughter, she's she's great, but she's a yeah, she's got a different story, you know. She's yeah. so yeah, and his yeah. So my birth with him. Um, what was the early signs of labor approaching with Aquila? Um, so Aquila, he also was around 40 weeks, I think, maybe 39 weeks with Aquila. Mm. Early signs of labor with him. So also, so, so I was 40 then, so, and I'd had the postpartum bleed yeah. um, in, in the system. You're Again, my partner didn't yeah. want to do home birth. Yeah, and you considered high risk. I was system. suddenly high risk. Oh, you're geriatric. Oh my god, you're a dinosaur so having a baby. Yeah, all these constructs <laughs> came out, and I was just like, "Damn straight, what? I'm amazing, you know. I'm a woman. I am power." So, um, I didn't want to be a patient. I really didn't want to be. So, um, I couldn't birth with David. I think he may have even retired then. So. Yeah, so I had to go to Tweed Hospital. That I had could go to Lismore or Tweed. Um, actually, then I couldn't go to Lismore for some reason. I had to go to Tweed. Mm. Tweed is like off country for me. You know, yeah. it's like yep. I mean, I love Midgeable Country, but it's mm. off country for me. Mm. So um, uh, yeah, very different um, thinking. I think I went there once as a, for a look around and things, and was mm. like, oh. <laughs> really got a feel for here you know just off country and um yeah so uh but but i had but i because of the experiences with the early um pregnancy uh with the um, brahmani's birth i also accepted that you know i would roll with what was being offered to me you know mm. i wasn't going to rock up to mullumbimby 
we still had the Mullumbimby Birth Centre then. We now have the Byron Birth Centre. But, um, yeah. yeah, I was going to follow somewhat of their protocol. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but really try and stay in my power. Because I, I knew so much more about birth then because I'd already birthed. And, um, yeah, and I, was feeling, and I was feeling good. I, I still had a level of anemia, but not my iron levels because I'd done all the preparation and, and life and everything. Um, they were, you know, I was probably in, in the 14 range or something. <laughs> I wasn't in the seven and the fours and the twos or something. Mm. Um, I was doing, I was doing better. Emotionally, I wasn't great. Um, so that, that weighed heavily. But, uh, yeah, so early signs of labor with Aquila was, um, I experienced like a gushing of fluids, which it was about 11 p.m. at night, which I thought was my waters breaking. Mm. Because in the first, um, birthing I don't actually have memory around the waters breaking um, maybe I thought the waters breaking I don't know I can't quite remember I mean there's a potential that I went to do a pee and the waters break and I thought it was a pee I don't know I can't remember actually I really can't remember yeah. the waters breaking in the first most, pregnancy yeah most uh, first women yeah most women will break their waters in the throes of labor, even at the birth of the head, of birth of the baby. So really, yeah. So uh, only ten percent will break their waters before labor starts. For oh example. Oh my gosh! See, yeah. there you go. I just learned this right now. I thought, <laughs> I thought the breaking of the waters was the sign. No. Oh yeah. my gosh, that's Anna, that's, that's only, amazing. That's only Hollywood. Obviously, there are women having that. That's know, only Hollywood. <laughs> Yeah, because it's more dramatic. They want right. the drama, don't they? So, um, right, yeah. that's so interesting. Yeah. Thank you. Most women will have it during the labor at some point, most likely at the end of labor. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Anna. Look, here I am, 20 years on from birthing, 15 years on from birthing, and I'm learning something. I love it. It's just a, it's a lifelong yes. process, isn't it? Totally. Amazing. Yeah, so, it, yeah, so all well, I thought this liquid was, <laughs> you know, the, um, the uh, water, you know, the plug moving away and the yeah, water's coming. Yeah, the water's breaking, the amniotic fluid. Yeah, mm. so I talked to my girlfriend, Fiona, who was um, going to be my doula, and she she said, well, Baba, you know, you're going to Tweed. I know you don't really want to, but that's where you're going, so maybe make your way up there and things. So so we organised for Brahmani to come and get picked up by our dear friend Jono and... Um, and then we mooched up there and there wasn't a lot of, yeah, there, like I'd been a little bit moochy, not as not like with Brahmani, you know, there was a bit of niggling and like I knew it was time, it was close, it was time, yeah. but there wasn't, I hadn't been doing the days and days of walking and all that sort of thing. Mm. So it was a little bit more of a surprise of, oh, okay. <laughs> um, so we went up and they admitted us and everything and because... I'd had the bleed. They put a cannula in my arm straight away in, um, and I had to sign off that I would accept um, the, blood transfusion. The, no, no, the in, the syntocin or whatever. Oh, what would if they wanted yeah. to put in my arm something? Yeah, syntocin or pitocin if you're in America is mm. what you're given if you to prevent to mm, prevent the bleed yes yes so i had to sort of sign off on that you know mm. to accept that and yeah. a few other things well everything everything that's ever done to you in mm. a hospital setting you have to 
uh, get consent for mm. or in, not in the hospital in home birth whatever you know if a midwife or any mm -hmm. healthcare professional will want to do anything you have to say yes or no and if mm -hmm. you say no they can't ah. only if you were unconscious mm. uh, can they then give you something to save your life right oh. but if you're conscious and say no you're not as a healthcare professional legally allowed mm. to do anything to you you wow. are a sovereign being even yes. if you're in the hospital right yes yeah. yes mm. so but in that sense like to birth i mean i was sort of it was sort of it, i mean it was not sort of it was made out that i needed to be in a hospital because of my age and all the that 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 yeah but i still i suppose i could have chosen not to be you right could have, okay yeah. but then with my partner and yeah. Moan being, that's the option we took. So, yes, we proceeded with that. But I, I was very determined not to be a patient. I was the birthing goddess of Babalu. Yes. Yes. So I, I had brought um, these red strips of fabric and I wrapped that around my wrists and Love they were it. there to remind me of my Kali energy and all my ancestral women, lineage, and all the women that had birthed before, and that I'd birthed before. I knew this yeah. body knew had wisdom in this. So yeah. So I wrapped my wrists over the, the fabric over the um, cannula and things, and but not much was happening. <laughs> like there was, you know, it had all gone very quiet in the, in the uh, labor scene. So they said we could stay there the night, and um, which we did, because it was pretty, you know, it was really you know, one, two in the morning and things. So we stayed there the night and in the morning there really still, there was a little bit, there was a little bit of activity. Like I was definitely in labour, but, you know, it wasn't sort of on sort of thing. We were still waiting for the main team member to <laughs> really kick in. And um, so they said, you know, I had to stay in the hospital. I wasn't allowed to get in the bath. I wasn't thing. And I just went, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not staying here. <laughs> so we just sort of waited till it was quiet and um, we left our things there. So it looked like maybe we were just down at the cafeteria or something. But um, yeah, we, we left and we didn't go too far. We just went down the, the Tweed Hospital is on the Tweed River, near the Tweed River. So I, I mean, I... I'm an, I'm an outdoors girl and, um, you know, I want to be, I want to be with my feet on the earth. So, so we went down and we walked the river all day and, um, it was so beautiful. It was very bonding for my husband and I, um, because we'd had a lot of distance through the pregnancy and it was a really a gifted time to drop in together, um, to really come together as, you know, and go, we're going to have this baby, it's happening. So that was very beautiful. Um, and we shared laughter and silliness and things. And we felt like sort of naughty teenagers that had run away from hospital, <laughs> which I really liked because I'm inherently a rebel. And um, yeah, anyway, yeah, and we walked and we walked and talked. And then, the, you know, the labor proceeded beautifully and I just danced oh it was such a beautiful dance that that um labor I had this beautiful dance of just sort of really just you know really my body swaying from side to side through the contractions and and in my breathing and a lot of that had come through like my yoga practices and qigong and and just um yeah lived experience of knowing what was happening it was my second birth you know mm. it was very different um I was wing Peeing, pissing, <laughs> behind bushes, whatever, you know, drinking, peeing, pushing. Yeah, that was great. 
there were, you know, so all these lessons then were with me. I yeah. felt good. I felt, you know, felt good. And so then as the afternoon came, the contractions got more and we walked back into the hospital and there was a big kerfuffle over where we'd been and what are we doing and, you know, broken all these rules. And, and I didn't, I really didn't take any of it on at all. I had my Carly bands on and I was like, ready to do this. And, um, yeah, what were they going to say? You know, we were back, we were ready and the baby was coming. So, um, yeah, so, and my friend came then and we it was beautiful so here we were in an environment where I didn't really want to be initially but we totally surrendered to it and my girlfriend came and she was a Buddhist um, practitioner at the time and she just brought beautiful prayer flags and beautiful maroon fabrics and we just covered up all the gear um, and the lighting and we had beautiful music and we thought we we thought we'd created home in the hospital, so we were saying we're having a home birth in the hospital. Yeah, we loved it. Yeah. It was great, and um, yeah. So I just you know did my dancing and singing and breathing, and then the yeah the I thought you know it felt like everything was going nice, and then the midwife decided to um, just do a vaginal examination to see where I was at. And I was like on all fours and she came behind me and placed her, you know, fingers inside my vagina to feel up to the cervix, right? Yeah. To see where that was. And um, in that procedure, my waters really did break. <laughs> and they, they, they broke all over her. And it was like this... this <laughs> <laughs> and I was sort of giggling and realised and looking back and she was literally looked drenched and we were all laughing and she and I was like, Oh right, now my water's broken and it was it was pretty comic, you know. And it felt good. Yeah. It felt good in my body. Release. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Oh, you know. There it is. So That's just going back to what you said, because a lot of women will tell me this in their birth stories that they think that their waters have broken mm -hmm. or women have come you know, to me as a midwife and said they think their waters are broken because they get very juicy mm -hmm. and they can have this big kind of gush of fluids mm -hmm. from their vagina at the end of pregnancy. And it can just be that you're very juicy. You mm -hmm. are very juicy. The mm -hmm. three weeks coming up ish, mm -hmm. you know, towards labor and, and birth, um, the vagina just goes really juicy because that's you know it's lubricant yeah. it's the also the immunity informing for the baby to come through it just it just amps up all that good flora in there you know so that the baby gets really good immunity mm -mm. and so but it can be a lot it can be a lot and you can think that it's your waters because mm. you're just like whoa that all my like my pants and my underwear just got drenched truly, you know truly but it's just juicy wow. nice, right it's just and the way to test it, and I've said this several times in this podcast, but, you know, if you're a new listener, the way you can test it is that you lie down for maybe 20 minutes, half an hour, mm -hmm. and, and you put a pad in. Mm -hmm. And then when you sit up, mm -hmm. if you do have, if it is your water's leaking or have gone, you will have a gush then, right? Because, you know, when you have your period and you yeah, lie down and you down wake up in the up. morning, yeah. you always have that really kind of gush, don't you? Yeah. yeah. You have to run to the toilet <laughs> yeah. and you just hope you're not going to you know, yeah. overflow. Hand over the yes, cupping over you. Totally. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. So that's the trick, right? Yeah. And then you can look wow. at, at the pad and you can... That's that's amazing, smell Anna. Smell it because yes. if you smell it, amniotic fluid yes. smells like semen. 
Yes. Wow. And if it doesn't smell like semen, it probably isn't. Wow. But obviously, if you think it is, you should always contact your healthcare professional, your midwife or your doctor. But, you know, that's, that's wow, something you that's can do amazing. yourself. Yeah. And I wonder if, like, we get juicy because it is nice making love in that, that period before birth. It's probably because you are really juicy that you yeah. do feel like making yeah, love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're, just, you're so juicy down there. Yeah, like, yeah. I can feel that. Truly, right? Yes. Yeah. Totally. Which was in my first uh, labour, but not my second. My husband and I were, were, weren't in that juicy space at that time, unfortunately. But um, yeah, maybe not in public. It's outside of the hospital. Wouldn't be the right spot. <laughs> Too funny. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So yeah. So then, when the waters did really break, yeah, she was like, "I'm just gonna go and get changed." <laughs> pretty funny I love, and you know you you want to have fun you want it not to be totally serious all the time I mean it's serious you know there's yeah. serious stuff going down but it's great to laugh and oh, yeah. make jokes and be you know celebration you know this bubble's coming and um yeah you know because it can get pretty yeah it can get pretty serious and heavy <laughs> you know so it's it was good mm-hmm. to have a laugh and then yeah and then the and then it proceeded quite quite quickly after that like Aquila was born at 9 20 3 p.m. So remember a beautiful light rain happening and 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 because I, I mean I was a little obsessed about peeing this time because of the postpartum hemorrhage and all. So I actually spent a lot of time on the toilet um, and like you know with the tap running and running water over the the pelvic area and things just to make sure I peed. I was very um, you know and I peed and it felt great. It really felt great to pee and I loved that I had that knowledge, you know, so that was another tick risk Mm. helping, you know, not to say it was totally alleviated, but I felt it in my power to go, I know how to, I must pee, I'm peeing, you know, Um, so that was good. So I was actually, and again, I didn't get those really strong, strong bearing down urges, so that just must be me in my being and um but i was on the toilet when um aquila fully crowned and um and and it felt like the toilet's really supportive like your butt's supported and you can you know you you can bear down and you can even climb up on it and squat Mm. using it and you know because it can become physically exhausting for the your supporters as well to hold you up because you're you're sort of nearly dead weight a lot yeah. of the time, you know, so, and you might be exhausted. So, and for me also emotionally, like, you know, I really wanted my partner there, so there but because there was a little bit of distance and things, I don't know, the toilet worked really good yeah. as a support, you know. So, but at that time then my, my husband and the, um, the, my girlfriend came either side of me and the midwife suggested I just move slightly forward mm. And, and, you know, Nakula came very quickly then, like he just gushed out and, um, but Aquila now, he loves to think, he loves to tell the story that oh, I was newly born in the toilet. And I go, no, you weren't. And he, and he goes, yes, I was, yes, I was, you know, so he gets some funny, fun times out of that. Um, yeah, so that all went great. And I think. Did I, would have they given me the syntocin because I had to sign that or I chose yeah, to sign that off? I yeah. think I remember getting a syntocin thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then, yeah, all was great and I had a quiller, you know, skin to skin, yummy, yummy. And 
then after a while they were saying, okay, we would get the placenta coming because, again, I wasn't having full contractions for that. And that really wasn't happening and um, like at all. And I was um, sort of – I was kneeling and with the baby and, you know, feeling – I mean, yeah, I was feeling amazing. But, yeah, so the midwife said that she would – like, you know, have a little tug on the cord uh, of the placenta to see if that would help. And she, she, she really tugged it. She, mm. she gave it a good tug. And Anna's explained to me that maybe that wasn't the best uh, thing no. to do. Yeah, um, you have to be very careful when you do con- – it's called controlled cord traction for a reason, right. not, not – tugging <laughs> tug of war <laughs> tug of war um because yeah that's that's a risk that you can snap the cord which happened for you it happened on it so the next thing she's got the cord in her hand and i'm going oh my god that's so dodgy that um so and then i'm looking at the cord going is that a dodgy cord like you know and of course my mind's going oh my god what if the baby that had broken when the no. baby was inside and you know all these thoughts started running mm. and then i had to go baba the baby's out and everything is good and yeah. but she's holding the cord and there's no placenta attached to that so um i think she was slightly embarrassed as oh, well oh gosh i would like, be mortified if i had ever mm, done something mm, like that because mm, you know that's very much a no-no you know you mm, must be mm, very careful because that is the risk mm, uh, that that can break if you tug too hard yeah Yeah. so um yeah you should only put a little bit of little Little. bit of pulling Mm. and then feel does it come away Mm. and then just working with the placenta working you know very it has its own time as well doesn't it it's done it's such a magnificent job and Mm. and that's what i came to they so they then oh there started to be talk of surgery going upstairs going upstairs for a bit of surgery and I was like mm. I was like I you know especially after the last birth and everything I was and I was still wanting to not go into that yeah. um, full intervention and things and I just went no no just please give me some time I'll just talk to my placenta mm. and and you know honor it and say thank you so much for the incredible work that you've done I um, mean growing the life of my baby and everything you've done and so there was a little bit of discussion back and forth and so I actively started to do that and with Aquila on my chest and really go deep into myself and um, speak to my person speak to my body and it really felt clearly that it also did not want to go upstairs and (laughs) go into surgery it was really happy where it was you know and um, um, and then this female doctor came and she was just an angel. She really was an angel. You know, she came and just um, spoke to me very calmly and said, you know, okay, Babalu, you know, what would you like to do? Um, and I said, look, I'd really like to give it time and, and, you know, it will come. I really believe it will come. And she said, okay, well, I'll work with you, you mm. know. So she internally, um, you know, she placed her hand internally and she was sort of doing this little tickly tickly thing inside (laughs) and I was you know singing the placenta's praises going it's time to go you know and and it came it just it came out and um it was beautiful and I was I just I just saw pure love in this being you know that she'd really she'd really seen me and and um probably witnessed the fear of 
further intervention or, or intervention at all or something, you know, like yeah. she really, I really felt seen in that moment yeah. and seen as a, as a mother in, you know, a birthing woman in her power to go to see this to the end if possible without yeah. any intervention. So, yeah, I'll never forget, you know, I'm quite teary right now because I felt yeah. she really, she was great. You know, all the, all the people who were with me were great, but she, it was like this, she came in right at that time, mm. you know. So then we had the placenta out and, yeah, and it was great. And Aquila was very settled. He was healthy, you know, blessed. Both my children were very healthy, didn't need any care, you know, medical interventional care. I feel very, very blessed of that. And, and you didn't bleed. And I didn't bleed. And that, oh, my gosh, I was celebrating that. I tell you, we just kept saying there's no bleed. There's no bleed. No bleed. You know, I mean, because it was significant yeah. that I had wasn't. I didn't bleed. It yeah. was significant. And I kept sort of like looking, yeah. you know, looking, is there blood, is there blood? Yeah. There was no bleed and there was no, um, I had a massive, massive herpes outbreak after the first birth as well, I think because of the bleed the and stress. the stress. I'd travelled with herpes since I was 18. Mm. and um, But, oh, my gosh, I'd never seen, experienced anything like this. It mm. was, you know, it was horrific. So, mm. so you know, there was no herpes, there was no bleed, there was there was not you know absolute depletion thing yeah. so I, I was able to go home the next morning mm. and um i was able to care for my baby that time mm. around um yeah my milk came well and everything i healed well um i'd had a slight tear that healed well mm. um yeah really you know so grateful and and um really had taken those lessons from the yeah. previous birth experience into the second birthing experience and then past that was able to take those that wisdom and that knowledge into further doulering with yeah. um, friends after the birth of my children you know because I'd birthed and and had these experience you know life lessons life and death lessons I also then did a ceremony oh, between yeah between Brahmani's birth and Aquila's birth I had done a personal ceremony for myself about not swaying between here and 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 you know more the source or spirit or however people want to call it you call it you know the near-death experiences yeah. so um, I'd made a really clear um, you know packed with myself to go I'm here yeah I'm here for this the duration of my life however long that may be but yeah. no more back and forth in yeah you know so that was really significant for me mm. um yeah it was a constant conscious choice for you conscious choice mm. and it's 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 clear you know I haven't had any of those experiences since and I welcome death like I welcome death each day it's it's okay I'm it's fine you know mm. I'm happy for it to happen when it happens, but there's not, there's not going to be the hopscotching between. Um, mm. uh, yeah, so that, that's been great because I really feel like I'm, yeah, I'm grounded on, in earth time right now mm. and um, for my children and, you know, they've grown, they've grown well and, you know, I've now watched my daughter come into her menstrual cycling and sexual life and, and just to be able to, yeah, you know, since since day one, I've had a very open dialogue with them, and um, so 
just to share things that were never spoken to me. So I feel we can really turn those circles, cycles around just to give, you know, a little bit, a lot more platform to um, make choices from and, yeah. you know, you're still going to make your own choices, but yeah. just to have that little bit of, um, yeah, like passing down the wisdom, like you're doing with these podcasts. Like you're passing doing, coming wisdom, on and yeah. sharing your wisdom and your no. stories. I was just thinking that when you said before how you brought this to your community. Well, now you're bringing it worldwide, you know. Wow, bless. Yeah, oh, so women you, listening Anna. to this, you know, will know this. They will They will pee in labor. They will pee. <laughs> they will not be anemic. No, no, no. <laughs> they will not be a patient. They will have their Kali. <laughs> Kali ribbons on. <laughs> totally. And, um, yeah, and just, you know, and all absolute gratitude to the mysteries of life, you know, and death is the, you know, the great, the great portals of, that, that, that you offered in birth. I mean, mm. it's, it is still my favorite place to hang out. Mm. You know, birthing is incredible. Yeah. Like, it's incredible, um, opportunity, um, yeah, to experience, to experience another aspect of this human yeah. human form, you know, yeah. and to work with spirit and um, we're blessed as women to experience. I know, this. right? Yeah. It's pretty fun. So Babalu, if yes. you had a first time mama in front of you right now, mm -hmm. who's about to have her first baby mm -hmm. and she really wants to have a natural and empowering birth experience, what advice or pearls of wisdom would you give to her? Mm. Okay. Well, for trust, you know, trust in the 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 inner w wisdom and the and the wisdom of the body and in the the life form that we are in. Trust that it um it will will know, you know, how to birth. Um and in that trust and deepening in that trust you know, it, it, it gets you, you know, a bit out of the way, at, at the logic, the mind out of the way so, so the life processes can happen. Um, and follow up on, um, on if there is indicators that, um, that there's risks that you could alleviate, like iron levels and... Um, exhaustion levels you know the you know it's really the self-care practices mm. but on the sort of yeah level like the iron and well particularly the iron for me that's the main one I know about but yeah and and like maybe don't yeah don't hesitate on topping those up you know um I I again I was hesitating I was hesitating on having infusions um which are different to transfusion is infusions is taking the 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 iron into your body in larger quantities than taking iron tablets and things like that but um they really can bump you up and b12 and vitamin c so yeah finding really practitioners that you really trust your midwives that you really trust that are open to those um those um amendments in yourself um and yeah and really knowing that you you are supported by the great mother earth and all the women you can call, you can definitely call up the strength of 
all the birthing wisdom from right around the world, whatever your cultural background is, mm. your, and then through your lineage. I mean, we mm. all come through this incredible, beautiful, you know, power of women. Like, mm. um, we, that's where we all came through the vagina. And the, Viva la vulva. Through the vulva. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so you really can call, it, call that up. And it'll, it's there, shit, that it'll be there. It's really there. So um, you can really lean into that as a resource. Um, I would tell them to pee, definitely. <laughs> Peeing is fabulous. And, you know, yeah, keep your fluids up, but pee. And, um, yeah, and so, I don't know, be excited and, and um, also, you know, yeah, surrendering to the unknown, you know, like you can have your birth plan, yeah. um, you can think how, so as we do, you know, we love to be in control as humans to yeah. a lot part of our lives. So, you know, yeah, and going through the birth plan and all, it's all wonderful because it's the mm. focusing in, mm. but then also knowing that it will be as it will be. So if mm. there is medical intervention when you didn't want to have it, or if you have an incredible easy birth when you thought you were going to have a lot of a medical invention or you know you might have a surprise birth on the side of the road um you know okay. so just yeah know that um it is the great unknown and yeah. um and it's a beautiful opportunity to really surrender to that because it uh i think in that surrender it is empowering it's so empowering, empowering yeah. you know and um yeah and you are not a patient. Yeah. You are a birthing woman, you know. Yeah. And even if you're in a situation where, because I do honour that, you know, there are situations where people are hospitalised through mm. their pregnancy. They might be scheduled for caesareans. Mm. They, like myself, have to, they might be over a certain age and in their that cultural thing. None of that matters. <laughs> you know, you are a birthing yeah. woman. Yep. That baby is yours and totally. is coming out of your body, whether it is cesarean or natural birth mm. or however it presents, mm. but ultimately um, you're a birthing woman. Absolutely. And I really want to speak to that, you know, being, for example, being 40 or even in some countries now actually being 35 as being geriatric now. It's wow. going down in, in ages. I really want to speak to this because age is not the risk factor it's your health and so the reason why it's now 35 or 40 depending which country wherever you are and whoever you're speaking to it's because as people age as women age they're more likely to maybe develop chronic diseases right uh -huh. like diabetes or overweight or different things that in itself is a high risk yes. factor yes um, and i'm not saying that just because you have one of these you can't have a natural empowering birth yes home birth, whatever but that is why the age has now become a factor as well you know just the age depends on how healthy you are Truly. how you lived your life Truly. you know and so if you're a woman listening to this and you're 35 to 40 or even older and you're wait, you know, waiting for your first baby to be born, just because of your age is not the reason why you should consider yourself or anyone should consider you high risk. Look at the holistic mm -hmm. evidence of every aspect of being a human being, being a woman. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just about the number. Very it's important. a construct. Mm. It's a construct. 
it's, it's it's just saying that everyone's the same. Truly. And everyone's not the same. You can be 20 and be very a very unhealthy person, right? And you can be 50 and be an extremely healthy person, like a 20-year-old. You know what I mean? Like, Truly. You know, it's so... What's your lifestyle like? What's yeah. your stress levels? What's yeah. your, what's your um, nutrition? How yeah. are you also, you know... How are you taking up your nutrition? You That's know, the uptake there, of your nutrition. So many yeah. different factors. Yeah. Do you have yeah. other chronic diseases? Yeah. Do you have? You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. Really, women listening to this, it's not about age. And so, if you are a <laughs> geriatric woman, I hate that word. It's horrible. Yeah, who no. came up with that? Not a woman for no, sure. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Anyways, if you are this yeah. woman who are over forty or thirty-five in some places, you wow. are not. You are so not young. geriatric, totally. See, when I look back at photos of myself at 36 with my newborn baby, I, I mean, I just go, oh, you look like a kid. You know, <laughs> you know it's like, I'm like, wow, you're so young. And then at Quilla, yeah. at 40, you know, yeah. four, I was nearly 41 by the time Quilla was coming mm. out. And, um, you know, and, I, and it physically, it like, it was a little more of a push up yeah. as he grew into sort of, you know, toddler and all that. Yeah. I could feel it a little bit. I mean, I was very healthy and I'd look after her, so I felt mm. good. Um, it's more funny now, like I go, wow, so when I'm 60, he's only going to be 20. Um, when I'm 80, he's going to be 40. Oh, um, then I'll be dead. And then, <laughs> you know, and it's all fun um, mm. if I'm blessed to live through those lives. But um, um, yeah, but it's, it's all perfect. You it's know, all perfect. it's all perfect. Yeah. It's all perfect however it presents and mm. you know don't give up on thinking that you could have a baby mm. you know as as your birthdays are going by it's totally it's it's um it's it's not it's not written in stone you know we're all Life's surprising totally yeah and i just feel i mean wow thanks for interviewing me and sharing this it's like just for me to relive this is like um Oh, what a gift to mm. myself for today. Like, that's massive to reflect back on those times and um, see how empowered I was and, and how much I learnt and how much I surrendered and I got through, you know, mm. and now, you know, my young, beautiful beings are young adults and, mm. um, and yeah, what a life. Thank, Thank you, you, Anna. Thank you so, so much, Pablo, nice. for coming on the Natural Birth Podcast and sharing your story with us. Thank you, Anna. Bless. Thank you for listening. If you love this podcast, then please share it. Grade it on iTunes and leave a comment. If you want to connect on social media, you can find me on Facebook as The Spiritual Midwife or on Instagram as The underscore Spiritual underscore Midwife. Thank you for listening.